Topic 3, Second Paper of 20th Century Negro Literature. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Shasta, Oakland, California. 20th Century Negro Literature Topic 3, Second Paper by Reverend William D. Chappell How can the friendly relations now existing between the two races in the South be strengthened and maintained? Reverend William D. Chappell was born in Fairfield County, South Carolina, November 16, 1857. At 12 years of age, he was sent to the common schools of Winsboro, South Carolina, to northern teachers. So eager was he to learn that he cut light wood up at night and carried it to town on his head using the money thus obtained to buy his first book. After finishing the common schools, he entered Fairfield Normal Institute and there prepared himself for a teacher, which vocation he pursued for several years. After his conversion, he felt called to the ministry. Accordingly, he joined the Columbia Annual Conference in 1881, and feeling his inability to effectually preach the gospel of Christ, he entered Allen University, there taking a collegiate course, at the same time serving missions near Columbia. With a wife and one child, he found that the mission work was inadequate for his support having very often to cease his studies in school and go out and teach for two or three months to relieve the wants of his family this was very discouraging to him but he courageously worked on until bishop dickerson relieved him of some of his responsibilities by giving him a room in his backyard this he gladly accepted that he might earn some money with which to buy books and thus sustain himself in his struggle for an education i know of my own personal knowledge that he had very often to walk sixteen miles on sundays and preach twice getting back home at eleven or twelve o'clock at night to be enabled to make recitations on monday nevertheless he struggled on and graduated at the head of his class in eighteen eighty seven he was ordained deacon in bethel a m e church columbia south carolina march eighteen eighty three by bishop dickerson and ordained elder by bishop james a shorter at greenville south carolina in eighteen eighty five he graduated from allen university in eighteen eighty seven 
in a class with six other young men four preachers and two lawyers in eighteen eighty seven he was elected a delegate to the general conference which met in indianapolis indiana and he has been elected to each successive general conference ever since he served eight years as a pastor holding three appointments and ten years as a presiding elder he was appointed to the manning district in eighteen eighty nine and after serving there four years he was appointed by bishop salter to the orangeburg district the largest district in the state and served there five years bishop a grant appointed him to the sumter district in eighteen ninety eight which district he served until the general conference met in columbus ohio nineteen hundred where he was elected corresponding secretary and editor of the sunday school periodicals of the a m a church dr chapel also served two years as president of allen university his alma mater being elected just ten years after his graduation from that institution he has had a successful career as teacher as preacher and now as business manager and editor he ranks also as one of the leaders of his race as a scholar and writer of no mean ability he is an able debater having few superiors as an extemporaneous speaker acute in thought and incisive in speech he is a fluent talker unlike most men of a literary turn of mind he combines fine business acumen with his intellectual ability and has accumulated property real and personal to the amount of ten thousand dollars situated in columbia south carolina and nashville tennessee the subject above assigned to me is a momentous one and involves an issue which is not settled nor will it be settled until the relation which now exists between the two races is based upon that moral ought growing out of the ethical rule given by god for the government of man for it must be conceded that all friendly relations are based upon ethical treatment a relation upon any other basis is forced and therefore not genuine the so-called negro problem which is being agitated by the public press is forced upon us by fictitious sentiment conceived in prejudice and watered by opportunity and a disregard for law and truthfulness of statements made concerning the negro as a citizen when a relation is fixed by such undue advantages that relation is not for it is ex parte and the party having the public ear creates the sentiment 
and thus forces the party which is not heard to terms whether those terms be satisfactory or not then it can be plainly seen that such relations are not real for they are not based upon the law under which all men are created and governed now i lay down the following as a general proposition which i think will stand the test of critics whether they be of the north or south it is the rule of international law to have a friendly relation between nations states and individuals and that relation is made by representatives of all the parties concerned the agreement must be mutual and that mutuality must be based upon righteousness that righteousness which makes sacred the rights of all the contending parties if the friendly relationship existing between the two races in the south is mutual then the development of the negro will fasten and rivet such a relation but if it is not mutual and undue advantages have been taken of him his development will make it impossible for such relations to be strengthened and maintained to perpetuate a relationship it must first be based upon the principles of right guaranteed by the force of all competent power that power being common to all parties concerned this is the sum maximum of all ethical science and is complete to add to it or take from it would change the rule then the solution to all ills must be measured by that sense of conscience unimpaired emanating from that innate rule of human duty based upon moral obligation now there must be a standard of righteousness not fixed by man but by a superior power for it is not man's will which he must obey but the will of his maker this will can be shown in two ways only first by revelation and second by example both of which have been verified and demonstrated in the sacrifice made by christ for the world of mankind this relationship can and will be sustained because christ sought to know the nature and power of the second party he enters into a covenant fixing that relationship forever between the two now if the so-called superior race with the boasted power of all the heavy centuries of the past has given to the inferior race in its undeveloped condition that consideration which is necessary to sustain and maintain the relationship which now exists then the relationship is real and the education and development of the negro along economic and commercial lines will but make this relationship stronger and the future of the two races in the south under such conditions 
must be bright and glorious but i fear we have been hasty in our conclusions when we measured the relationship which now exists in the south by constitutional rights and enactments the constitution of these united states makes the people a compact and therefore equals in immunities privileges and rights with a common flag as the symbol of our common protection every citizen then of these united states let him be of any race variety owes to that flag its protection and in return that flag is to protect him so that the relationship of all citizens of the united states to the flag is the same being the same to the flag they are the same to each other from a civic point of view i agree that there is such a thing as states rights but such rights must be local and subsidiary and must in no case conflict with or counteract the rights of a citizen growing out of the common constitution whose jurisdiction holds the sisterhood of states together to sustain and maintain such a sisterhood the compilers of the constitution gave the general government the right to summons such states to protect her in the discharge of her duty so that it is seen that the government is exercising a power that was given it by the sovereign people acknowledging equal rights to all and special privileges to none among these are life liberty and the peaceful pursuit of happiness these are the rights which are guaranteed by the constitution now an agreement entered into by the people of any part of these united states which does not conform to the stipulated rights mentioned above is not a contract and cannot be considered binding under the law therefore a relationship based upon privileges of one and the denied rights of the other cannot be friendly and must sooner or later be dissolved i for one cannot concede that the relationship between the races in the south is friendly it is for the most part peaceful but that peace grows out of a fear of the law in the hands of an unfriendly and prejudiced people who feel that the negro race has no rights which they are bound to respect accepting this position the negro quietly moves on trying to make for himself and family a living but he feels keenly the class legislation which prescribes him to the jim crow cars to the rear seats in street cars behind the doors in public restaurants and a hundred other indignities heaped upon him he is also denied the right to vote which is the greatest evil done him and the only protection that the constitution gives him now i ask 
can there be friendly relations with such environments and if they are friendly can they be sustained and maintained i assert that the infringement of any right is an unfriendly act whether the one whose rights are infringed upon is conscious of the unfriendly act or not if he is unconscious of it it is all the more unfriendly i assert further that whenever existing conditions make it necessary for one race to suppress another the suppression affects both races alike the stronger race ceases to develop that strength which is necessary for the growth of a nation and to prepare it to meet the great problems which are indispensable in the fostering of a government such as ours and the weaker race is deprived of the opportunities which are necessary to cultivate those innate powers which are intended by god to be developed in the rounding out of good citizenship in fact the denial of freedom to any race along any of the walks of life has a tendency to teach that race irresponsibility for responsibility must rest with the volition of the human family the nashville american in a recent issue admits that the southern white people have made no progress in the great world of thought because they had everything their way the solid south practically destroyed its opportunities to develop thinkers in the political world and the prejudice they entertain and foster by mere sentiment was not conducive to the production of strong men or the development of great thinkers or leaders of distinguished constructive ability in some sense the south has for some time lived in an eddy there has not been that broad sweep of the current of thought which once made it strong and powerful and the reason for this is assigned in their surroundings their highest ambition being to suppress the negro in the civil walks of life now we are confronted with a condition call it a relation if you please in which the interest of the entire southland is involved and we as the negro race are called upon to express ourselves as to the basis of this relationship and the perpetuity of the same the facts above stated make it extremely difficult for one to conscientiously concede first that the relations are friendly and second that they can be sustained and maintained as a matter of fact the subject assigned me can be easily answered by saying that the friendly relations which now exist can be sustained and maintained by destroying the system of public instruction by making no protest against the encroachments upon our liberty by destroying the medium of the christian religion pulling down our altars 
demolishing our churches and hanging crepe on the doorknobs of all places of public instructions this we are unwilling to do and as god gives us strength and light to see our plain duty we shall work watch and wait for that surrounding which shall be congenial to a healthful development of a christian manhood when the sphinx of this age shall have passed into the oblivious past and mankind transformed from brutish prejudice to that lordly prince divested of all racial prejudice shall stand upon that plane of reason where all are equals we must see that our rights under the constitution are one thing and the enjoyment of those rights quite another thing now then shall we because these rights are denied us fail to teach our children that these rights are ours and can it not be seen that for us to concede that the relationship now existing between the two races in the south is friendly is an admission of the righteousness upon which such relation is based and even this very book will be brought in evidence against us a friendly relation grows out of real friendship so that it is necessary to explain friendship mr webster gives the meaning of friendship as a state of being friends a friendly relation or attachment to a person or between persons affection arising from mutual esteem and goodwill friendliness amity goodwill there is little friendship in the world says bacon there can be no friendship without confidence and no confidence without integrity dryden says aptness to unite conformity affinity harmony and correspondence are the signs of friendship these grow out of that soil and are the forerunners of that friendship out of which a relation must be had to be called friendly now let us analyze this term friendship amity from the latin amor to love or friendship in a general way between individuals societies or nations goodwill i wish you well peace and prosperity integrity moral soundness completeness honesty rectitude we have given some of the terms which mr webster used in the explanation of the word friendship our purpose for so doing is to see if it is possible to base the relationship which now exists between the two races in the south upon all the synonyms or any one of them i confess with candor that i cannot see nor can any lover of liberty who holds sacred the rights of the human family regardless of race color or previous conditions of servitude even a semblance of amity in the treatment which the negro gets 
at the hands of the dominant race. In fact, it is just the opposite. The relationship is forced and also one-sided. The seemingly friendly relation is forced from the Negro. That is, he must show up friendly or be lynched by the first angry mob who becomes thirsty for Negro blood. If we sustain a friendly relation based upon the integrity of the southern whites, there could be no lynching. The friendship of the white man would cause it to cease at once. Would to God that they would interpret our actions in the light in which they are rendered, and not make us suffer for what somebody else has done, simply because we are weak and unable to protect ourselves against the insanity of the prejudice. The southern white people, in their haste, are making an unenviable history at which they will blush in the years to come. Three innocent people in the state of Mississippi have just been taken from the officers and lynched, two of whom were women. Can a race of people said to be friendly towards another race reach such hasty conclusions? Would not friendship suggest an investigation in order that the facts in the case may be had? But we are living in the midst of a people whose civilization is Christianized, thus having in it that friendship which characterized Christ in taking the sins of mankind upon himself. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Bible. This text makes friendship conditional and reciprocal. That is, there can be no friendship without mutuality, so that the relation which now exists is not based upon friendship, for the relation which is made to exist is not in accordance with that moral rule given for the government of man. Therefore things are not what they seem to be in the Southland. I tell you, that the negro is not satisfied with his condition and the more he learns of the common rights of the human family the more he sees the great wrongs perpetuated upon him and the reasons for the same you cannot educate a people and crush them history does not narrate an instance end of topic three second paper